This is the Dare to Dream Physician Travel Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Waylee Gray. Hey, you know how many physicians today are feeling overwhelmed and trapped living that busy and unfulfilling life? Yet more than ever, we as physicians are keenly aware that life is precious and tomorrow is not guaranteed to anyone. My mission is to help physicians start living their best life now by discovering and achieving their wildest travel dreams. So come, join us on this journey. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Dare to Dream Physician podcast. I am so excited that you are joining us this week. And I have such a special guest. I can't wait to have her share her story and just ask her all the questions that I want. This is Dr. Janika Benoit. She is a, I would say, earlier career physician, and she's an internist and a sports medicine doctor. She currently has several things going on, and I, I'm so excited for her to share what, what she's been up to with us. But all I will say is Dr. Janika is really, to me, I've basically seen her transformation like in front of my eyes from when she was, I think I first met her at a virtual conference when she was actually just finishing up her fellowship. And and I've seen her go from being a fellow to being a new attending physician and just currently totally rocking her life, living her dream life and, and really going after the things that's really important to her. So I'll have her explain that in her own words. But welcome. Welcome to the show, Dr. Benoit. Thank you so much, Dr. Riley. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. So tell us, tell us a little bit more about, about yourself and what you're up to. Yeah. So currently right now, like my life is so interesting and it's so different than what I thought it would be like when I was a resident physician. So currently I'm working as a locum tenens uh, physician and so far I've been to, it is currently now three different sites and I started my locum tenants physician business right after fellowship. And I went into locum tenants physician, everything just fell into place, honestly, because I graduated from sports medicine fellowship in 2021. And at that time, it was a year after the pandemic started, and there were really a shortage of sports medicine physician jobs. And so I was constantly searching for a job. I was emailing program directors. I was calling different sites and there was nothing. And it got so real that I had to physically walk into sports medicine clinics asking if they had jobs available for me. And I remember one place in particular, I walked in the the clinic and I actually got an opportunity to speak to the office manager. And I had basically an impromptu interview with the office manager and our conversation went really well. And I thought that this is a place that I could potentially work in right after fellowship. And I remember following up with her a couple of days later and she stated that actually that clinic is not hiring any non-operative sports medicine physicians, only PAs and orthopedic surgeons. 
And at that point, like I literally felt like I broke down, like I was in pieces because I just didn't understand how I spent really 15 years of my life. I took a hiatus between college and medical school. So that took all in all 15 years and not be able to find a job after a sports medicine fellowship. And I realized that just something had to give and I decided to pivot and go into locum tenens. And that's really when my journey started. I had to learn how to create a business because locum tenens is a business. So I had to learn how to think like a business owner and learn all these fun terms that my CPA educates me on and really just operate so differently as a traditional physician coming out of training. So <laughs> that's the at least the beginning of my journey. Wow. Wow. What, what a story. I, I love that beginning of a journey. And I think many physicians can relate to what you're saying about I've trained so long to get to where I am. I've taken so many exams. I've done so much call and and to, to get to where I am. And how is it possible that in your case, it was difficult to find a position in maybe other people's cases, they might find a position, but feel trapped in that position or feel undervalued in that mm -hmm. position. And so how is it possible that we've gone this far? Like we are probably older than the, the CEO or the, <laughs> or the practice manager, or this, the middle management that's running these practices that we are interviewing at. And yet there are the ones telling us, oh yeah, we're not hiring you. We've decided to hire somebody else with less training who who's going to cost us less money. And so I, I love that you made that decision to pivot and, and go on this new adventure that was not what you expected. Not not not, not what you're expecting when you're when you're training. Not at all. So tell us more about about that journey? Yeah. Where, where did that lead you? Yeah. So even more into the journey in training, we just did what we were told. Right. And so I realized once I started on this locum tenens journey and I was speaking to these recruiters, they were asking me, well, well, what is your rate? And they were asking me all these questions and I didn't know how to answer them because I just did what I was told. I was totally not prepared to answer those type of questions, right? I thought they were just going to just give me a paycheck and I'll make money and see patients. But it was way more nuanced than that. I had to really find my voice and I had to speak up on my behalf and let them know what I will do and will not do, how I will work and how I will not work. That was really tough for me in the beginning because I thought that they would just give me this assignment and I would work it, but I didn't know how to find my voice. And so really that leads me into negotiating, right? Because that I realized that I had to negotiate for a specific rate. And and the negotiation process was initially very daunting for me because I grew up as that shy little black girl and I still had remnants of her inside of me as an adult. And it was learning how to reconcile with that shy little black girl inside of me, learning to stay quiet, like not speaking up for myself. It was learning to really just advocate on my own behalf and learning to speak up, but not only, now it wasn't only just for me, 
but it was for other shy little black girls too. It became something way larger than me. And I did not know this journey would bring me to this point because I was like, I need to learn how to negotiate. I need to learn how to speak up. I can't continue staying small. I can't continue having this shy little black girl just take over. Like, I really need to find my voice in this thing. And so once I learned what I learned, what the average rate of physicians were getting for my specialty, and I started ask, I, I started initially asking for that specific rate. But then I was just like, okay, and I did the math and the math was not mapping because I was like, well, if I want to, if I want to live a specific lifestyle, this money that I'm getting right now is just not going to cut it. And it's not even a lot. Like the average rate is, I don't even think it's, (laughs) once I really learned it, I was, and I did the math, this average rate that we are asking as physicians is simply not enough. It's not enough. And I had to learn how to negotiate and ask for more. And learning to negotiate and ask for more with this shy little black girl complex was very, it was challenging. Initially, it was very, very challenging because, like I said, I would just, during my life, I learned to just stay in the back. Didn't think that I can move forward and speak up on the behalf of other women who look like me. And then I started learning that black women, they get paid 63 cents less on the dollar compared to the average white male. And then I was just like, well, this really fires me up because I want us to be comfortable with asking and asking for more because we deserve this. Especially as a physician, having gone through this rigorous training, the average rate that we're asking as physicians, is just, it's not enough. It's not enough. And it helped spark this audacity in me that I knew was there, but I did not know how and what, in what conduit I would really express this audacity that I know that I had inside of me. And so once I learned how to really speak up and be audacious in asking for rates that us as physicians are not asking for, that showed me, oh, I'm onto something here. Because I have now since doubled my income in my first year of being an attending physician. And it has just changed my outlook on how I viewed myself. I viewed myself as being this shy little black girl. Oh, I'm just quiet. I'm not used to speaking up on behalf of myself. But now it's just, you know what? I understand and I'm rooted in my value. And that is the place that I negotiate from. And I'm not going to let this idea that I'm shy and I don't know how to speak up hold me back. Because if I'm held back, then other women who look like me are also held back. And I truly believe that I have a moral obligation to push us forward, right? If I've learned something from this, then there is something that other women who look like me can also learn too. And so it's just led me on this new trajectory of becoming a negotiation coach for professional women of color. It's been so amazing. I feel like I've transformed in this new person. 
So now am I, not only am I audacious in what I negotiate, but I'm just audacious in getting what I truly want out of life. There's no reason why I should not be able to live the way that I want. And I do so that I can help other people coming behind me. Being a young physician, sometimes it's, it can be very, it can be tough. You don't know what to say and, you, and it's just a whole new ball game that we are really not prepared for. <laughs> like in training, we don't know how to function like as really as a CEO because medicine, let's be real, is a business, right? So we don't have that that entrepreneurial training in medical school. And so it's just, it's changed the trajectory of my life now becoming a negotiation coach. And I'm so glad everything happened the way it did. And so I could get to this point. <laughs> Wow. Wow. There, there's so, so many things there. And as, as a related note, one of the reasons why I'm interviewing you right now, I've always wanted to, to have you and have a conversation with you, but specifically now is there is a book that we are both part of called Made for More. And it is coming out January 17, 2023. And I've been interviewing physicians who are featured in that book. And, and I just love that title, right? Made for more. Because so many physicians, as you've experienced when you started trying to first find a job when you were a fellow, and, and then even through initially your experiences with early negotiation with locums, is we often feel like we're belittled, or we're sort of like put in this box. And hey, go stay in the box. And the reality is that we are the ones who decide that we are, we're made for more. Like this box is not big enough for us. That this is, this is, we're not going to put up with it. And aligned with that theme of being made for more, like this story that you are sharing with us today is is just so phenomenal because it's it's exactly like your journey to discovering that yeah. that you've always been made for more than the way that you were initially treated. And what's so interesting is as you're describing that internal journey that you have with your negotiation process. And, and describing yourself as a shy little black girl. When I first met you, you were a fellow and you were, yeah, you hadn't even negotiated yet because you weren't looking for the jobs. You were like open and asking a lot of questions. That was not my impression of you at all. Like my impression was that you were like very energetic, very curious, very go-getter, and you were very proactive. That was, I was like, oh, here. And at this virtual conference that we were part of, because this is all in the middle of COVID, you were only able to meet people through virtual conferences at that point. I just remember you, you, you would show up to the conversation and you would have a lot of energy and you always ask really great questions. And, and so that was my impression of you. It was, it was very different from how you felt internally, especially when it came to these, these moments when we didn't get any training on, such as negotiating with a recruiter or talking with a practice to, to talk about your, your job position. And, and so I, I love that, that you gave that description from how you felt inside because it was so different from how I saw you, just how you showed up in like life in general, not necessarily to a negotiation. Yeah. And it's so funny because I tell people I was shy when I was younger and they like don't believe me. <laughs> There's a part of that identity that was still inside of me, like doing something such as learning how to negotiate and speak up and hold your ground 
was so intimidating for me. And it brought up moments in my childhood where when I wanted to speak up, where I wanted to say something, but I was just so used to being like the outlier that I didn't feel comfortable speaking up for myself. And when you say the outlier, is that speaking as like a person of color? Yeah, as a person of color in, uh, so during my childhood, I, my parents placed me in predominantly white institutions. So I was typically one, like the only black person in my class. So there were times that I wanted to speak. And another thing, I was overweight when I was a child. So I would get made fun of a lot. And I didn't know how to speak up for myself in that regard. And just other instances, like when navigating my profession during medical school, during my clinical rotations and during residency, I didn't know how to speak up for myself in certain situations because I was so concerned of how I would be perceived given that I was like very, like one of few physicians of color at that institution. So I just kind of navigated like my life in a, just really stepping back and not truly speaking up and saying what is on my heart and negotiating is really, really brought that to full surface for me where I went toe to toe with this like identity that was still inside of me. Mm. And it was, it was definitely a process. It was such a process. I think for me, the biggest feeling that came up for me when learning how to negotiate was feeling like I was inadequate. And I had to learn how to reconcile that feeling of inadequacy, mm. feeling that I was not supposed to ask for more, like feeling that I was just supposed to just accept what I've been given. And I was concerned of like being perceived as like the angry black woman or just being perceived as just someone just asking just, to ask. it was there was a lot of inadequacy that I had to deal with during this process. So yes, to your point, a lot of people, they do see me as energetic. And that's the thing, right? There's this identity that was inside of me, but truly my higher being is this outspoken person and negotiation gave me full reign to be that, that higher self of myself. So yeah, it's really beautiful to just to completely like own who I am because I am energetic and I am a go-getter, but there was just like this small piece inside of me that felt so uncomfortable in the area of negotiation. And now I feel like I'm at a point where I could fully embody who I am and I'm still learning to have compassion for that identity of the, the shy little black girl. And so it's led me to a place of making peace with that identity and just having compassion for her because she's gone through this life. And I know I'm speaking to her, she's like another person, but that's truly how I feel. It's part of my identity that I had to deal with. And so it's learning how to have compassion for that part of my identity that was embedded inside of me and didn't know that it would come up with learning how to negotiate. Yeah. Wow. And I think what you described there, it's so profound and so astute. And certainly you speak very well to that experience that you have as a, a woman of color, specifically in, in this experience growing up in a predominantly white schools and then feeling like that other and like feeling extra cautious about how, how you appear. I think that theme you describe of 
just part of that growing up process of, of learning how to recognize our own value and learning how to advocate for ourselves in a authentic way it is really a big part of growing up that all physicians have to go through. And I, at least for my observations, I think women physicians maybe struggle a little bit more with this in general. And and certainly as a, a woman of color, that's, that's even, even more of a, more of a growing, growing opportunity. But I would love for you, because you started speaking about speaking to like your old self, right? And I think there are a lot of physicians. I've noticed this oftentimes. There, there are even like mid or even late career physicians who are totally uncomfortable with negotiating. And I think it stems from this identity that we often have. We show up and we're like, we're just here for the patients. We're, we're not here to advocate for ourselves. We're, we're just advocating for our patients. Mm-hmm. And I would love for you to speak to physicians who are totally uncomfortable with negotiation and, and who maybe don't even know what that word means. Because I remember when I was maybe in training, I thought negotiating was just for people who are in business, like not for doctors. I thought it was just, it was one of those things where if you had to reach a deal, they had to sign a deal on some sale of something like those, those people in suits (laughs) negotiated, not everyday people like myself, right? Or doctors. (laughs) And, And so I think that growing up process as a physician is is so relevant for for so many and and it really is like you said is a key transformation for physicians in being able to live the life that they really want and and money is one thing but there's money is just one of the many things that we can negotiate for mm-hmm. and so I, I would love for you to speak to to yourself from a year or two ago and and just tell them like what what is it that about maybe tell them in terms that they would understand like what what is negotiating and and how should they look at it and approach it yeah so negotiation to me is really learning how to speak on behalf of yourself from being grounded in your value. So that is how I'm able to strongly negotiate. And I think about it this way because, well, let me just preface it with saying this. Before I thought like my only value was that I was a physician. I I was not aware of the inherent attributes that made me unique to a, a medical practice. And part of my evolution was learning. So for example, besides negotiating for money, I've also negotiated my work schedule. So for me, I realized that in order for me to feel fulfilled, there are other things that I want to do with my time that give me purpose. And one of those things is having this coaching business. And my coaching business has since evolved, right? But I always kind of knew that I wanted to create a business that was purposeful, something that would truly provide a need. And so I have negotiated to work from Monday through Thursday and get Fridays off. And having that Friday off just gives me an opportunity to work on other things that give me joy, right? And so even just negotiating and holding my ground in that, knowing that I am valuable enough to negotiate for this specific work week, given that 
if I work this type of work week, I will have time to work on things that give me purpose and that fuel me so that when Monday comes back around, like I feel full. I've done other things that give me joy. I'm not constantly in the grind of medicine, right? So when I, and the way that I show up for my patients is so much different now that I have found purpose through serving my coaching clientele, right? And with coaching, it also allows you to, you have to listen as a coach, right? Because there are things that people, they're using words, but there's usually like a hidden meaning that clients are saying. There's usually an unfilled need that's not being met when I'm coaching my clients. And so because I've been able to hone my craft as a coach, it also allows me to hone my craft as a physician because I'm using those skills in my coaching business and also bringing them over to the clinical side. And so in that way, I'm able to just be more present with my patients because as you know, like medicine, sometimes it's, it almost feels like an assembly line and you have to see these patients in this short amount of time. And I do value connecting with my patients and with learning how to work this way in a four day work week so that I can find joy serving my purpose through my coaching business, I'm able to use those transferable skills into my clinical practice. And that is also able to improve my joy as a physician. And that all comes from knowing that I'm, I'm worth it. I'm valuable to work in a way that gives me joy and both sides benefit, right? Because I benefit as the physician working in this way and the patients benefit because I'm present as their physician. That is, you know, what I go through. I think about, okay, like what is my value and how am I able to negotiate in a way that also serves me, but also serves the people that I'm going to be taking care of. That helps me to show up much more powerfully when I am negotiating for something because I know the value that I provide and doing that, just everyone, everyone wins. Hey, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, please share it with a friend and go on your favorite podcast app to give us a five-star rating and a review. It really helps us to get the word out there. Also, I am really excited to announce I've started a online Facebook community for physicians. Go and search for Dare to Dream Physician Travel. That's the name of the Facebook group. If you have trouble finding us, the link is also in the show notes. I hope to see you on the inside. 